0: Welcome to the Refresh Her podcast. My name is Denise Cunningham, and on this podcast targeted for women, I long to encourage you in your heart, your home, and your life. Let's open the scriptures and be refreshed by the truth from God's word. Recently, here we have been going through the book and the story of Ruth from the scriptures. And We've talked about what a precious reminder this is of redemption, of how Christ is pictured in this book, how he bought you and me out of our sin and provided for us a heritage of eternal life. And that's the great truth that we learn from this book. But there's so many other practical lessons from the story of Ruth And one of those is just the sweet relationship that we can see here between Naomi, who is the mother-in-law, and Ruth, the younger woman, her daughter-in-law. And I like to be reminded that not only was Ruth younger in age, but she was also younger spiritually. It reminds me of the command that we have in Titus chapter 2 about women having relationships one with another, beginning here in verse one. But speaketh other the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, and in patience. Now, here where we get our command for women, the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers not given too much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. So this relationship, a mentoring kind of relationship, I think we really see it so beautifully between Naomi and her daughter-in-law, Ruth, And I love to think about what their relationship really looked like. We don't get a whole lot of details about their conversations, but we know that Ruth left Moab with Naomi and traveled with her back to Naomi's home place of Bethlehem, Judah. And I love to think about how it was as they were traveling along the way. They had several days journey to go back to Bethlehem And I love to imagine the conversation that they might have had as they were traveling. Ruth had just made the statement earlier in the chapter that where you go, I'm going to go. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Maybe she was asking her what the new place was going to be like. Maybe she was asking her questions about her God and having some real sweet mentoring time along the way. But I also like to think about when once they got to Bethlehem, after they got settled into their home, what was it like in the evenings when they would sit and talk one with another? What was it like after Ruth married Boaz and was expecting Obed and this is her first child? I imagine the questions that she may have asked Naomi, maybe about child rearing and about what to expect to, as, in this role as a mother. But I think it's really obvious that even though we don't have the answers to those particular questions, we can see that their relationship was a close one. And I believe it was conversant. I mean, after all, there's two women <laughs> together in a room, and how can you have two women together that are not having conversation? But I also believe that their relationship was centered on Christ. I believe that they talked about the Lord, about his word. And, you know, it's a reminder to me that God created us. Everyone who's been born has a a desire for connection with other people. We need each other. And especially in the body of Christ, we need one another. We are not to be Lone Ranger Christians, if you will. Recently, I was reading from an author, Jen Wilkins, who made this statement. She said, a motherless church is as tragic as a motherless home. Guiding the spiritually young to maturity is not solely the job of the vocational pastor, the elder, or the Sunday school teacher. The church needs mothers to care for the family of God. We must rise to our responsibility, eagerly searching for whom the Lord would have us nurture. Listen to this last sentence. There is no barrenness among believing women. Simply put, she's just saying that every church should have women who become spiritual mothers to other younger women in the body of Christ. This is so necessary, it's so needed, and we just read from Titus 2 where we are commanded to do just that. One woman who responded to this quote by Jen Wilkins, and she said, as a mom in the middle years, meaning that she has no babies at home, but she will have children in her home for quite a while yet, she said, I can attest to the need of spiritual mothers. I crave it but it seems so very neglected in the church. It's very lonely and even stressful at times being the one mothering and never having anyone come alongside and mother you spiritually. Do you have a longing in your heart for an older woman or older spiritually to come alongside you to help you to know how to do life as a Christian woman? That's the whole meaning of what we're talking about today in craving connections with other women. Now, you know, we've got to understand that this command for the younger woman to be taught, it isn't just for the pastor's wife or just the youth leader's wife or just for old, old women that are in the church. It's for all of us because everybody has somebody who is younger than they are, younger spiritually and younger in physical age. We are all called to be spiritual mothers to someone else. So in the next few sessions here, I want to talk about this responsibility to connect to other women and I want to answer the question, first of all, why should we be a spiritual mother to someone? Why is this so important? Today, can I just encourage you to think about the fact that you have something that someone else needs? Now, you know, we tend to think about people in the scriptures like Naomi or Ruth, and we think, well, of course, they had something to give because, I mean, after all, they're written up in the Bible. But now, me, I'm, I'm just a simple person. I really don't have much to share, but it's not true. That is a lie of the devil. Every one of us have something that we can use to be able to encourage another woman. And, you know, you just simply use your walk with God to teach another woman. You know, when Ruth said to Naomi, your God will be my God. She was going to be watching, and I know she had been watching Naomi, and she would be patterning her life after what she saw Naomi doing. So you can use just your walk with the Lord, sharing your testimony, first of all, telling this younger woman how you came to Christ. You know, it's interesting to me how many times I've heard somebody say, that they got saved listening to someone else share their testimony. Because hearing how this other person came to Christ makes them realize that they had never done that. That they were believing um, they were saved based on their works or they were believing they were saved based on being born in a Christian family. But suddenly hearing somebody give their testimony about trusting Christ personally and putting their faith in him made them realize that they needed to do the same thing. So just sharing your testimony. Share how you know that you are secure in Christ. How you don't have a fear of losing your salvation. What brought you to that place? What about just sharing your Bible with another woman? For example, telling how do you read the Bible every day? How do you know what to read? You just pick it up and let it plop open somewhere? Well, of course not. How do you go about reading through the Bible? Do you memorize scripture? Sharing how you memorize scripture, how you go back and review those verses, or even just sharing a truth that you have recently learned. As you were reading your Bible and the Holy Spirit opened your eyes to a truth you can share with another woman I love this quote that I read recently about friendships. It says that friendships can only be healthy when each person seeks to fasten the other to Christ instead of herself. Isn't it funny how, you know, we want someone to need us, and so we make them dependent on us. But in a healthy friendship, a healthy mentoring relationship an older and a younger relationship it's your responsibility as the older person to make the younger woman dependent upon christ we don't want them to be able to to depend on us because number one we aren't always available number two we don't have all the answers we could go on and on with all the reasons why they shouldn't depend on us but if we teach a younger woman how to depend on the lord in every situation, they will thrive as a believer. They will know, I don't need to call my mentoring friend. I need to open up God's word and I need to hear from him. I need to stop and pray at this moment. So just using your life, what you have learned, and helping this woman to know how to connect and depend on Christ in every situation of their life. So use your own walk with God, but you could also use your experiences in your, from your life to be able to help another woman. You know, Second Corinthians chapter one, verses three and four, remind us that God comforts us in our tribulation so that we can comfort someone else with the comfort that we received from God. Here is Naomi who had been a widow. She had also been grieving after the loss of her sons. Now, here she is walking alongside of Ruth, who is now also a widow herself. Do you think she knew what to tell her? Do you think that she could be able to understand the pain that she's going through? I just imagine her telling her, oh, honey, I understand your your sorrow, but I want you to know that God promises to come alongside and be a husband to the widow. We have to be good stewards of our trials. And whatever you've gone through, God wants to be able to use that in your life to help somebody else. God won't waste our pain. So even you could think about the negative things that have happened in your life, the sins of your own life, the failures, the places where you have just clone it in the past, even those things can be points to be able to encourage and help another woman. Maybe you were one that had an abortion when you were younger. Perhaps you are in an unequally yoked marriage. You married an unsaved man. Or maybe you had a difficult childhood. Or you became so preoccupied in motherhood all of those things you can use to be able to encourage another woman to say oh i made mistakes here i sinned against the lord here but god helped me and taught me and then tell her the truth from god's word again pointing her not to your heroic efforts but to what god did for you fastening her to the lord so just using your testimony using your own life's experiences, and then just using your own possessions to be able to bless another woman. Naomi was lodging with her younger daughter. He, she opened her home to her daughter-in-law. We all have a home of some sort. And you know, it doesn't matter if it's small or if it's not this beautiful mansion. We can all swing our doors open to invite other people in. I heard the story recently of a widow woman who every morning would get up, perk a cup of, or a pot of coffee, and set out cookies that she had in the freezer and let them thaw, waiting for women to come to her home. She wanted to invite them into her life. So to whom could you open your home? Who could you encourage? Just by making connections with another younger woman. God wants to use your life To connect with someone else and he will make you a blessing to this younger woman like Naomi was to Ruth. Go and make connections with a younger woman today. Be sure to check out the show notes for links that are relatable to the episode that you just heard. Why not share this episode with someone else that you know who needs to be refreshed?